today's episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start supporting and balancing your hormones. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your way to better understanding your hormone health and how it affects your everyday life. Hey ladies, so we are back with another episode and I wanted to bring on an amazing guest for you. Her name is Angel Scott and she is a certified holistic nutritionist as well as a certified personal trainer. So we're kind of hitting both things and we were just talking a little bit about yoga. So you will have to share a little bit more about that as we go on, but she, um, had a thyroid autoimmune condition and she works with women in that space. And I just wanted to bring on another woman warrior. That's going to share her story of coming out on the other end of having hormonal issues and sharing her perspective and how she's changing the world because everyone resonates with different people. And I think the more stories you hear, the more you can relate to and understand you're not the only one going through this. And there's so many people out there to help and serve you. So welcome. Thank and you. I would love for you to kind of just share a little bit about your background, like share about your thyroid condition and, um, what kind of set you into the world of health? Absolutely. So thanks again so much for having me. Um, I'm super excited to be here. And so just to give you a little bit of, um, background information. So I initially entered the wellness space, just like you mentioned as a certified personal trainer. Um, but I, I realized fairly quickly that I couldn't really support my client's goals, um, through exercise alone. And so I went on to complete my holistic nutrition certification. And so for over a decade, I kind of operated in that space, um, combining, you know, healthy exercise, healthy whole nutrition, and helping women um, use that as a strategy to lose weight, you know, have more energy and just feel really great. And so, like I said, I kind of stayed in in that realm for um, over, well, over a decade. (laughs) Um, But then in 2016, what felt like out of absolutely nowhere, and just at a regular annual um, wellness visit, um, I eventually was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism um, and an autoimmune disease called Graves' disease. And so from that point on, I was on a mission to dive even deeper into hormone-focused nutrition um, and really looking at the way that food can impact our hormones um, and then really looking at lifestyle. Because again, for me at that point, um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say. Yeah. And so when I thought back, over, you know, the really five, potentially 10 years before my diagnosis, um, there were a ton of signs, right? We can always kind of look back and see (laughs) things from a different perspective. But at the time, I felt like, where the heck did this come from? And so um, I was on a mission to A, do everything within my power to help my body heal and to promote healing within my body. My big goal was to get off of medication. Um, But again, for me, it was really about doing everything within my personal power um, to just help my body start to heal. And so it's been a very long journey, um, but 
it's paid off. And so I've been able to ditch thyroid medication. Um, my autoimmune disease has been in remission now for almost two years. And so at this point today, I basically take the combination of, you know, my education and my experience and my personal journey um, with hormone issues and help women use, you know, a combination of strategic nutrition that's hormone focused, um, fitness that's hormone focused, and lifestyle to help create better hormone balance, um, and really just kind of beat the odds, if you will. So that's kind of how I got started. And that's what I do now. And so yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, I think, I loved what you said first, like control what you can control, you know, because, you know, so many times you see all of these things that are coming against you, you know, which possibly may be affecting your hormone health. And we're like, well, I can't change that. I can't change that. And it's like, okay, but what can you control? You know, it can make such a big difference. So let's kind of dive into that a little bit. What are some basics, um, that you would say like some top lifestyle shifts that you feel like are in control that like your controllables that you think that everyone kind of needs to do? Yeah. Um, you know, the first thing that I really want to, um, encourage people about is the idea that we can control more than we realize. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so the feeling that, that things are beyond our control or maybe that feeling of overwhelm is understandable, but know that we can control a lot more than we realize. Um, it takes work and it's not easy, <laughs> but we do have control over more than we realize. And so um, some of the big things that I would really um, invite people to think about um, starts with lifestyle. And so I think most of us kind of get the idea around, um, you know, healthier eating or moving our bodies a little bit more, right? I think mm -hmm. that's at, at this point in 2021 with, um, you know, yeah. coronavirus and that sort of thing. Like I think general wellness is something that most people are aware of, but I think when it comes specifically to, you know, supporting our hormones and maintaining or improving our hormonal health, um, a big thing is stress, right? I think <laughs> that we are operating, especially now, right? Like, I think we're yeah. really used to being busy um, and keeping our bodies in that flight or fight mode. Um, and yeah. over time, that has a huge impact, right? So obviously, that's going to affect things like our adrenals. It's going to affect our cortisol levels. And those are the things that have ripple effects on all of our other hormones and the other systems in our body. So again, my, my first recommendation would be like, you know, take inventory of what's happening around you and even in you and look at ways to manage stress better or get rid of stress that you actually have control over, right? I understand mm -hmm. that not everybody can quit their stressful job right? But you can prioritize things and make sure that, you know what, if from nine to five, you are in like crazy stress mode because of your job, make a commitment to yourself and to your health that, you know, 5.30, you're done, you're breathing, you're doing some yoga, you're doing something to help counter that. Um, so that would be a really, really big thing that's a controllable that all of us can do in some way um, or another. The other thing, yeah. just from a nutritional standpoint, um, again, I do think that most of us realize, um, you know, like we, we need to eat healthier, but again, when it comes to hormones, it's about 
um, what we're exposing our bodies to, right? So the idea that, yeah, like having a salad is great, but if you're having a salad that's topped with some ingredients that are, you know, that we know have a higher exposure to toxins, right? Then it's like you're compounding a healthy, maybe organic leafed salad with some other things that we know can have an impact. So I say, if at all possible, choose organic. Um, mm-hmm. Avoid avoid a lot of the common food allergens. And I know some people might be thinking, oh, but I don't have food allergies. I didn't mm-hmm. have food allergies either, <laughs> right? But what, what has happened is the way that the food manufacturing um, industry has changed, right? It's made it so that there are more toxins that our food is exposed to. Um, so yeah. even if you don't necessarily have a true diagnosis for a food allergy, your your body can become reactive um, based on the exposure to to different toxins and chemicals um, that our food is is ridden with. Um, so that would be another thing again that most of us can control. Um, and so many, like, even if you don't have an allergy, so many people have food sensitivities that, you know, yes. are super prevalent. And what I think is so like, it cracks me up about food sensitivities is that a lot of them are healthy, you know, like, yes. and they're unique to every person. And so, Absolutely. so important to like tune into, you know, how do you feel after you eat, right. you know, checking in. Yes. And you know what, um, just to, to build on that, it's, it's interesting because I meet so many women that will be like, um, like, oh, I've eaten whatever for years, right? Like, oh, I've had yeah. milk for years. Like I grew up on it. Like, there's no way that I can have a sensitivity to it, but sure enough, they do. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that would be the other thing that I would really encourage people to do is like, be open to the idea that just because you've been operating in, in a certain mm-hmm. space, so be it with the way that you're eating or the way that you're moving your body, right? Just because you've been doing something one way for a long time, it doesn't mean that that's the thing that supports your hormones. doesn't mean that that's the thing um, that works best for your body. So be open to the idea of changing things and trying yeah. something different um, to help your body and kind of promote, you know, balance. Yeah. I love that. And going off of your um, dairy story, I also think that if you've been having something, maybe that's a sensitivity to you your whole life, you literally don't know what good feels like. You don't, you know, because your quote unquote good is like how you feel like three levels down. And so I always love a good old elimination phase (laughs) to kind (laughs) of figure out what's serving you and what's not, because, um, I've had so many women, you know, come back and they're like, whoa, is this what I'm supposed to feel like? I'm supposed to have all this energy and not need coffee. I'm like, yep, that's how you're supposed to feel. (laughs) No, you're you're exactly right. Um, It is. It is really interesting because remember, it's like we don't know what we don't know. And the same applies to our body, right? When we're operating in one way, eating one way, like our body literally adapts to that. So our body knows what it knows. It doesn't mean that it's good, right? If you, if you're Mm -hmm. eating nothing but fast food, your body is going to adapt to that doesn't mean that, you know, toxic fast food is good for your body. It just means that your body has adjusted to that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally feel that. So what would be some other things outside of like, 
um, stress. Um, I feel like, I feel like every person I've talked to recently, it's been like, lower your stress, um, (laughs) and nutrition. (laughs) What are some other things that we can control in our lifestyle? Yeah. When it comes to, um, I think another thing, just cause we're heading into summer. So I feel like a lot of people yeah. are on, um, you know, like the workout wagon, if you will. Um, but when it comes to hormone support and hormone balance, um, it's really important to make sure that you're finding that happy medium. I meet a lot of women that are in this mindset that more is more is more right. And more is good. Yeah. But the, the reality is, again, when it comes to um, our hormones, more is not better, right? A lot yep. of times slowing down is what's better. Dialing back is what's better. Doing less is what's better um, mm-hmm. for our hormones. So again, really just encouraging people to, if you're someone who's working out six days a week, two days, you know, twice a day, dial it back. That's what's going to be um, more productive and helpful for your body and your hormones. Mm. I love that. And I think it's so necessary to be preached because so many women, I just, ugh, I see this all the time. It's calories in versus calories out. If you can't lose weight, oh, must be your fault. Work out more. And, you know, I'm sure you have this where women come to you eating literally like 1300, 1400 calories a day, and they're working out twice a day. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> we need it's, to stop that. Yes. And actually, um, it's interesting that you brought that up because a lot of times in the work that I do um, in trying to support those women, it is such a battle. Like it is, it's like a fight. Like I have to, (laughs) I have Mm -hmm. to fight them (laughs) almost to be like, no, like you have to understand you have to eat more. Like I promise you, like eating more is not going to automatically translate to weight gain. You can actually eat more and change your body composition and actually see changes on this scale and actually see um, changes in terms of inches and, um, you know, body tone. And so, yes. yeah, it, I, I think, unfortunately, we've just been so conditioned, really, mm-hmm. to, to believe that, you know, like more exercise, less food is the way to go. And a lot of women my age, I'm 46, a lot of women my age and older, it's like, it's really hard sometimes to get them to understand. Like, I know that that's what we've been told our entire lives, but I promise you it is not for you, for, you know, for, again, for someone Mm -hmm. who's struggling with hormones, someone who's not having a consistent period, someone who's struggling with fertility issues, someone who's having thyroid issues, um, you know, more exercise and less food is not the answer. Yeah. I mean, you need, you need all that nutrition to, you know, support your body. And I think if we stop thinking about food in terms of like just calories, but like, I always encourage people to be like, how is this serving you? You know, like, how do you feel afterwards? Do you feel energized? Do you feel great? Or do you feel like a lump of rocks? (laughs) Um, Oh, I just, yeah, I'm so happy that you're doing this because, um, it's, it's so, it's so needed, especially, um, I know my mom, for example, grew up in the phase of a lot of fad diets coming out. And then obviously, you know, I grew up in the phase of the fad diets as well. And, you know, even to this day, I still tell my mom, she's like, no, Leah, if I want to lose weight, like I have to do, like, I have to do a lemon water fast. I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) Um, so 
And yeah, you know, that's why that's why it's really important, you know, to start um, with our mindset, right? And again, yeah. like I mentioned earlier, just being open to the idea that, you know, I understand that the magazines you grew up, um, you know, yeah. tossing the pages through said one thing. But um, it's also remembering that that's the diet industry, right? Like that mm-hmm. is a marketing machine, really, right? Yeah. So it's just important for people to get, you know, like you said, to tune into their own bodies, um, mm-hmm. stay open to the idea of doing things differently. Um, and then yeah. just, you know, trying, trying different things, trying the thing that you never in, imagine you, in, in a million years mm-hmm. imagined would work for you, right? It's just, again, trying different yeah. things. Like myself personally, I remember um, trying yoga for years, like when I was younger. Like I tried yoga so many times, like a random class here, a random class there. Like I cannot do this. And like, I'm just not made for yoga. Like it's not my thing. I was convinced yeah. of that for years. Um, and then after my diagnosis, I actually was not allowed to exercise at all for six months. Oh my Um, goodness. Yes. And so when I was finally able to return to exercise, I chose yoga. um, And right away I fell in love. Right. And so, and now I'm a teacher. Yeah. (laughs) Full circle. Yes. So if I were stuck in that idea that yoga just isn't for me, it's not for me, it's not for me. And I wasn't willing to try it and try it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I never would have found something that ended up being re- like a huge part of my healing journey um, and now a huge part of my life. Right. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to spread on to a tangent really quick because <laughs> you were talking about marketing for fad diets really quickly. And I even see this myself where it's like, you see something and you know, it's false, but then you see it five other times with this false image of what it does. And you're just like, really? Like maybe I'm wrong. Like you start to doubt yourself. And that's why I think it is so important to pay attention to what you're letting into your inner circle. Like who are you following on social media? Like, who are you following for advice? Who are you just, you know, following in general? Um, Like, what are you allowing your mind to consume in that area? Because, um, and I know you see this, but especially like, I'm going to talk about women with PCOS, for example, in Mm -hmm. general here, because I feel like they're marketed to a lot as like, you have to do keto, you have to do this. And it's like, unfortunately, keto can actually worsen insulin resistance, you know? And but nobody tells them that, you know, they just market this to them. And it's really important, I think, to guard that, you know, you have to educate yourself, but also you have to align yourself with someone. You're like, this makes sense to me. And this feels true to me. And then like, get rid of the noise because if you constantly have people being like, Oh no, you're struggling to lose weight, honey. Like you need to cut out carbs or honey, you're just eating too much food. And you're like, no, my coach told me to do this. Like you have to shut it out. You have to get rid of that noise. Cause marketing is a bitch. Yes. And you know what? Um, it's funny. I, I often say that, you know, we tend to think of diet or lifestyle as what we eat and what we do in terms of exercise but really it's it it is those two things but it's also what we listen to who we surround ourselves with 
um, who, who we listen to, like you said, the relationships we have. And so um, I always kind of joke about, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but maybe you've heard a song on the radio and you're like, I don't like this song, right? Like you don't like it, but they keep playing it. And then the next thing you know, you're like singing along. And so (laughs) that's kind of how it works too, when it comes to marketing and different marketing messages Mm -hmm. related to, you know, health, weight loss and wellness, right? They repeat the exact same message um, often enough and and in enough ways, eventually we start to tune in we start to listen, we start to believe, we start to be convinced, right? So you're absolutely right. It's really, really important. Um, You know, I always tell people to, like, we all have a sense of what our, almost like our intuitive approaches, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a way that you probably operate that feels good to you. Just like I have a way that I operate that feels good to me kind of intuitively. And so I always tell people, you know, Find someone that also operates in that way. So if you're looking for a coach, um, a nutritionist or whatever, find someone that operates in a way that feels good to you. Because the truth of the matter is, especially in the age of social media, there are a million and one philosophies, approaches, routes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, ways to take people through a journey to the same place. And yeah. again, one person's approach may resonate with you. Someone else's may repulse you, right? Yeah. And I'm not necessarily here to say, you know, this is right, this is wrong. Because again, that's a debate that, that we could have probably <laughs> till eternity. Um, but yeah. so I, yeah, I really think it's important to just find someone who operates in a way that, that mm-hmm. you respond to. And there's a lot of different things that go into that, right? It could be, their overall approach. It could be their philosophy. It could be um, their method, right? There's, as they say, different strokes for different folks. And so, you know, as long as you're being mindful of your health, I know for me, my big thing is um, I will never promote, share, recommend, suggest anything um, to my clients that A, I have not vetted and personally tried myself and or use myself or, and would use myself, um, and nothing that is going to have a negative impact on their health and wellness, not just today, not just in a week from today, but you know, a decade from today. Um, and that's just my personal approach. I know, um, sometimes I've encountered clients that, (laughs) that love that. And some people, you know, they would rather just lose weight. Like they just want to lose weight. Right. Um, And that's when I say, I understand that, but I'm not willing to sacrifice your health for a few pounds. Right. There are other people that that are willing to take you through a journey in a way that works better for you. And I completely understand that. Um, But again, for me, it is wellness over all things, especially overweight, because my belief is that when our body is healthy and it's operating in the way that it should and we have good digestion and we're sleeping well and we're managing stress well and we're nourishing our body and we don't have nutrient deficiencies weight loss is easy <laughs> yeah right i like, agree easy <laughs> um yeah. but it's getting to that point right and i think that mm-hmm. a lot of us want to skip all that work i get it it's it's work it's not easy and it takes it takes uh. longer but yes. the long-term benefits last longer. It feels better. Again, it's mm-hmm. not as hard once you get there. 
But the problem is, I believe that um, a lot of us spend years just, you know, like you're not de-stressing or you're eating crap. And then, you know, you spend a decade living like that and you expect to lose 50 pounds in 12 weeks and undo all of what you've done for the last decade. Right. Yeah. And again, I understand there are some people that that's their priority. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. want to lose weight kind of at any, any cost, but I really, really hope, um, especially in this day and age where we're, where I hope that people want to really um, invest in their health for the long term. Yeah. You know, I always mm-hmm. say as women, our bodies are always changing, right? Our bodies change at puberty, our bodies change um, if we get pregnant, our bodies change at menopause because we have these hormonal changes happening throughout our lives. And so yeah. if you are focused just on like your weight or like the appearance of, of your body in one moment in time, like, man, mm-hmm. you're going to be disappointed because it's going to change at some point. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. Oh, I love all of that. Um, So I know you were talking about when you got diagnosed with your thyroid disease and I, I truly think that like you should have a healthcare team. And by that, I mean, like there can be multiple people on your team, you know, physical therapist, a coach, a nutritionist, um, acupuncturist, a doctor, an endocrinologist. Like, I don't think that, um, one person's going to solve all of your issues. Um, so let's talk about the doctor's part in your healthcare Mm -hmm. team, because I know that a lot of people who are more inclined to the holistic space are literally scared to go to the doctor. Um, So if you feel like some things are off hormonally, like what would be your advice to talking to your doctor and like asking what types of tests and stuff, like where would your thoughts be? Yeah. And so this is the thing. I think that, every practitioner has a role, right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea that, you know, more holistically inclined people are afraid of traditional doctors. um, I don't know that 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 is necessarily the case. I do know with myself, for example, um, I do see an endocrinologist. So that's like a traditional medical doctor. Um, But I, for me personally, I, I, use my endocrinologist or I visit the endocrinologist so that my lab work can be done on a consistent basis. Um, and so that I have a record of lab work, um, and that helps Mm -hmm. me tune into what's happening. So I absolutely recommend that people make sure that they're getting blood work done, right? Like that's where you're going to see the truth about what's happening with your body, lab work, um, blood work, saliva, that sort of thing. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so you need, you absolutely need a practitioner that's going to be able to do that for you. But, I personally don't go to my endocrinologist um, looking for them to help me heal my body, if you will, right? Because in in a traditional medical setting, that's not what doctors do, right? Traditional Mm -hmm. medical doctors, they are about identifying and kind of matching symptoms to illness and prescribing medication. Typically, now, yes, you will find some that are more integrative, Um, but generally speaking, you say, Hey, I'm feeling this. We do some tests or like, Oh, this is the illness. This is what we use to treat it. Right. Mm -hmm. They're not dealing with root cause. They're not really, they're not looking to heal you 
from whatever your issue is, right? So, um, and again, I'm not saying they don't have a place, but for me personally, Mm -hmm. again, I understand what the role is for me and um, my traditional Mm -hmm. medical doctor. In addition to that, um, I also, you know, use a naturopath and I do nutrition Mm -hmm. and all sorts of things. So the big thing is just getting people to understand, um, you know, that your doctor is there to help, but in a certain capacity. And so if you are getting blood work done, so just generally speaking, um, you know, some big things that I encourage people to get done at least on an annual basis. And especially if you're someone that's already noticing some issues, right? If you you're noticing things like inconsistent or irregular periods or, you know, really heavy or painful periods or fertility issues, that sort of thing. Um, I would absolutely recommend that people do, um, you know, checking their, their blood counts, um, so white and red blood count is a, um, a comprehensive blood count draw, if you would, or panel. So mm-hmm. that um, is a blood or a lab um, panel that I would definitely encourage people to get done. Um, when it comes to sex hormones, absolutely, you know, estradiol for estrogen, testosterone. Um, again, those are the things that are going to point to you know, cycle issues, um, fertility issues, um, DHEA, that's something that's going to point to like PCOS, you know, any type of tumors, that sort of thing. Um, let's see, of course, A1C for blood sugar. (laughs) Um, another big one, um, and of course, vitamin D, Um, But another big one is C-reactive protein, because that's something that tells us about inflammation in the body. And so some physicians, uh, some physicians may do that as a part of an annual wellness visit, but it typically has to be, um, you know, like they have to have a reason for it. But if it's something that you can get done, I absolutely encourage um, people to ask for that. Um, and let's see what else thyroid stuff. So the big one, of course, that's really easy is thyroid, um, stimulating hormone. So TSH, um, but keep in mind that that doesn't give a full picture of your thyroid. So if you are someone who suspects thyroid issues and you've had your TSH, um, checked and let's say, oh, that comes, that comes back normal or within the normal range is what I like Mm -hmm. to say. Um, just know that yes, you can have you know, a normal TSH and still feel awful, right? Because that doesn't get, that isn't giving the full picture. So I then would encourage people to ask for a fuller panel, which is like six other, um, yeah, yeah, thyroid hormones, right? Antibodies, free T3, free T4. Um, so yes, it's really important to just, I'm really big on that as a thyroid warrior. So again, don't just go by TSH. Like if your dog's like, oh, your TSH is fine. That's fine. But ask for a full thyroid panel. That'll give you a better picture. Um, let's see. And then also another big thing is ferritin. Cause I know people check iron levels, mm-hmm. um, but iron levels in the blood is different than what is actually available and stored in your body, right? So there'll yeah. be a lot of women that have issues, let's say with hair loss, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're and checking iron in itself um, can give you a different idea versus ferritin levels. So it's really important, I would say, to have people check ferritin levels as well. Yeah. So. No, I think too, well, 
you kind of cracked me up when you were like on our annual wellness visit. I'm like, I would have to ask for all of that. That would never be offered on my annual wellness visit at all. Well, and that's the thing. I think, um, you know, when it comes to, to that visit, and again, when we're talking about traditional medical Mm -hmm. doctors, right. Unless you are going into your doctor's office with a specific complaint, they're most likely not going to really check a lot of those things. Um, but I encourage people to, to ask for it. Just ask, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Especially if like, you know, it's covered by your insurance. I think that's always take advantage of it, you know, um, just to get some data um, is always nice. Like I'll have clients come to me and they're like, well, like, you know, I was going to have these labs run. Should I not have them run? I'm like, if your insurance covers it, sure. Or like, you know, more data is always helpful, <laughs> you know? Yes. And it's really good to create a history of some sort. Right. So it's like, if you know, for example, I did have a client who she had been checking her thyroid levels just because she hadn't had any issues, but she had mm-hmm. created a history of over a few years and then was able to notice a change all of a sudden. Right. Mm -hmm. So had she not been just having those levels checked over the past few years, that change wouldn't have been as noticeable. So I absolutely agree. Create a history um, Mm -hmm. and ask. And again, if there's someone who's having issues and let's say, you know, you're convinced that something is off and you're communicating and being candid with your doctor and for whatever reason, they're not wanting to do these tests. Um, I encourage people to, again, if you, you've, you've communicated and you've been very candid and you're like, listen, you know, I really would like to have this test done. If for some reason your doctor will not do that, my first thing is get another doctor, <laughs> get a second opinion, yeah. right? And I know with the U.S. healthcare system, that can be tricky sometimes because you have to check about, you know, what doctors and network and all of that kind of stuff, Um but if for whatever reason, it's not as easy to just get another um, physician or practitioner, there are a lot of, especially nowadays, there are a lot of um, online virtual clinics, if you will, that will allow you to order some of these labs independently. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I encourage people, again, if you are convinced, like, okay, something is wrong, like something is off, you know, my doctor won't test, you know, won't give me a full thyroid panel or won't test all of my sex hormones, there is a way for you to have that done, um, kind of outsourced if necessary. I agree. It is tricky though. I know for like most people, they don't necessarily know how to read the test though. So yes. they may, yes. yes, you, you do have to find need someone. To, you need to have a practitioner absolutely that can help you read through the results. But again, once you have the test itself and you have the results, mm-hmm. um, yeah, finding a practitioner that can help you sort through those um, and help them make sense for you <laughs> um, yeah. is, is possible for sure. And I, two, I have two thoughts on that before we move on. One is I also know, you, I mean, you don't want to feel like you're being a turd butt, but like if your doctor won't run the tests, you can also say, can you put in my chart that you refuse to run those tests and they never want to do that, you guys, so they'll run the test. I love that. That's actually a new one. I hadn't heard that, um, but I, I love I mean, that idea. Politely, politely. <laughs> yeah. It's also, um, I was talking to a lab technician the other day um, because like, I know you guys know I'm finishing up my FDN certification and I have to run a bunch of labs in order to get that. And so I went to this lab technician to get my blood drawn and 
she was telling me like all of the different labs that they run for people like in private practice. So like not even, not even doctors, even like they'll run tests and stuff for like, you know, lawyers or whatever they're needing. Um, and she said, it's so nice because like for some people it's actually cheaper to go through those private labs like that than it is to, um, even have a copay, like whatever it is for your insurance. So that's awesome. Um, definitely look into that. And then the other thing that you said that just sparked a light bulb is you were saying like, don't go to your doctor and like ask them to heal you. And I always, always, I, I have this saying on my Instagram where it's like, don't go to like the hardware store and like try to buy a sandwich or like, because that's not what your doctor does. Like they're acute care, like you said. And that's why I think you truly need, you need, you need a whole health team. Like, you know, if you go to the doctor and people are always like, oh, he just wanted to prescribe me medication. I'm so insulted. And I'm like, that's what he does. <laughs> right. Right. And the thing is, again, it's just being aware of that. Um, I, I know a lot of people that put so much, um, I don't want to say faith, but it's like whatever their doctor says is the end all be all. And they don't question it. Um, They don't second guess it. And so that's just my concern, right? If -hmm. if someone is that type of person where whatever their doctor says is the end all be all. um, Again, I just encourage people to be more open to the idea that, you know what, again, understanding what role it is that your traditional medical doctor plays, um, what their job truly is. and understanding that, again, if it's like, you know, if you've been hit by a car and have 12 broken bones, like, yes, like <laughs> there's a doctor for that. But when we're talking about um, like chronic illness, generally speaking, yeah. they're there to diagnose um, and provide a treatment that helps with your symptoms, not that actually helps deal with the disease itself or the root cause of that disease. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I loved all of this. Um, So I always wrap up with my guests asking them three questions. So I will give you some time for each of them. But the first one is, when did you get your first period? And what was that experience like if you're comfortable sharing? Um, And then what would you say to someone starting out on their health journey? You know, it's scary to invest in your health. And lastly, um, your top book recommendation, because I'm always looking for some good reads. (laughs) Okay. So first, um, I had my first period at 10 years old, actually. So I was really young. Um, my experience, um, I actually, I was really athletic as a kid. And so I really didn't have issues in terms of like, you know, painful periods or heavy periods, um, really ever, but it's funny. I was actually having, I know, right. I, well, I realized that, um, especially because I remember being in, I think it was seventh or eighth grade. And a close girlfriend of mine, I will, I will never forget this image. Um, we were in the bathroom at school and she was doubled over on the floor, rolling around in excruciating pain from her period. So this is at like 12, mm-hmm. 13 years old. Um, and so that was kind of my first introduction, if you will, to the idea that like, wow, some people like their experience can be debilitating. Like she 
you would have sworn that she was giving birth. She was trying, she was doing these deep breaths. Like she was in so much pain. Um, And so, yeah, that, that's something that really stuck with me. Um, And it's actually something that has really contributed to the work that I'm doing now, because I feel like we, you know, growing up, we never had that conversation. Like, yes, we learned about the fact that we do get a period and kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. like this is what happens. Like you'll have to use a maxi pad or like, you know what I mean? Like we had that <laughs> conversation growing up, um, yeah. but no one talked about really and truly what a normal period looks like, what it mm-hmm. should feel like. And the fact that anybody is in excruciating pain rolling around and not being able to catch their breath is their period experience. Like that is not normal, but nobody told her that. And I don't even think I learned that until I was an adult, right? Like, I just think that there's this idea that that's what happens. Yep. You get Mm -hmm. cramps and it like it happens and it's common, but it's not normal. Right. Yes. Um, so yes, that's my, my first, my, you know, or my period days early on. Again, I feel really fortunate that I never had those issues, but I did have, you know, that experience of seeing a friend, like I was just, I was shocked that she, 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 cause she couldn't get up. Like it was, it was again, something that's really stuck with me. Um, let's see. Oh, what would I tell someone that's just starting their health journey? I would tell them to be patient um, and understand really that phrase, it's a marathon, not a sprint, applies to, you know, a health journey, especially when your goal is to promote healing in your body. Um, You know, my journey with thyroidism and Graves' disease has been (laughs) the most patient, like, providing (laughs) experience of my life. Um, Nothing has given me more practice at trying to be patient than this journey. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd absolutely say be patient. Um, like I mentioned earlier, just be open to exploring and embracing new ways of doing things because, you know, the way that your body operated or what your body needed um, when it was not well is completely different than what it's going to need to become well, right? Mm-hmm. So just be open to embracing things in a new way and things that you never in a million years thought um, could work for you. Um, Yeah, I think those are the big things. Oh, and then don't be, also don't be afraid to create boundaries, right? I think, um, I know for myself, I was determined, again, I was determined. I'm like, okay, I want to get off of this medication. I want to do what I can to support my body um, and promote healing. And that required me to set some hard boundaries with family, with friends, with the way that I eat, with the way that I move my body, with what I allowed myself to take in, like we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. right? So that person, that negative energy, I was like, nope, boundary, I'm not doing it because that doesn't align with what my goal is. My goal is to to promote healing. And if I'm feeling funky because I have Susie Q next door that's doing nothing but bring me down, like, nope. Again, just set boundaries and don't be afraid to set them and don't be apologetic, right? It's Mm. it's okay to prioritize your own health and wellness. People that love you will understand and support you. And the people that don't, well, that should also tell you something big about those relationships or those people. Yes. Um, And then lastly, oh, a book that I would recommend. I am kind of obsessed with a book called The Four Agreements. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard that one. It is by Don Miguel Ruiz. And I actually, it was a part of my reading material for yoga teacher training. And it was, it has really, um, yeah, it's really impacted me. So it's, you know, like a self-helpish book, um, but it's really about, and it deals with like self-limiting beliefs. Um, okay. Yeah, it's really interesting. It, it's helped me, it's helped change my perspective about things. And one of the big things that stuck with me from that book is the idea that, you know, we all have our own unique experiences. And so those experiences um, affect the way that we think and operate, right? And so, you know, the way that I think and operate in my day-to-day is based on the experiences that I've had, you know, through childhood up until now. Um, But guess what? That has nothing to do with you. So if you encounter me or vice versa, and maybe I have a reaction or I say something, that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. I think I spent a lot of time feeling like people's reactions or people, you know, maybe even the way that people would or would not embrace me had everything to do with me. But Mm -hmm. that book helped me realize like, no, it has nothing to do with me. It's like, we're all on our own journey and it's important for us to, you know, not take on other people's things, right? And being able to understand that, Again, like my journey is my journey. There are a million and one reasons why certain things might trigger me or make me feel a certain way that have nothing to do with anything, anyone else, but me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I love, I love that. that book. I'm going to have to check that out. So where can people find you? So I am on all of the socials. So if you are on um, Instagram, I am at Simply Fit Angel. Um, you can also find me at um, www.simplydefinedfitness.com and also on Facebook at simplydefinedfitness.com. Perfect. And I'll drop all those links below so people can come find you. Thank Yay. you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.